and welcome to the Dialo Fans Radio podcast for another month, and I think we're going to call this month, I think we're going to call this episode an FA Cup special, there you go, we've never said that in October for a long time. On this month's podcast, we're going to be concentrating on the FA Cup and celebrating what's turning into a decent little run. We're going to be talking to Chief Executive David Johnson about his progress report so far. We're going to be going around the league with Simon Hahn, looking around what's going on in the Vanarama National League North. And we're going to be also taking a time to reflect on what's becoming an improving picture down at Blackwell Meadows. Thanks for joining us wherever you are. We're joined this month by a usual uh, trusty panel. We've got Craig Stoddart from the Northern Echo. Uh, hello, Stu. I'm making a triumphant return to my first of the season. I wasn't here last time, was I? No, there you go. Triumphant return. Mike Price. Evening. And we've got Kev Luff with us as well. How do you, Stu? You all right? Very good. Very good. Evening, gents. Nice to have you here. And as I said at the beginning, FA Cup specials, so let's kick it off with there. Tamworth on Saturday. How exciting is that? I think everyone's uh, looking forward to this one, aren't they? FA Cup fever. <laughs> Tamworth away. How many do you reckon we'll take down there? 100, 500? Is that a bit optimistic? No, I don't see why not. I mean, we've been dying for an FA Cup run for donkey's years. And is, is it legitimately an FA Cup run now? I mean, <laughs> two, two, games. two games in doesn't seem like it should be classed as a run. But well, it's three games, really. So yeah. two wins, three, so we can call it a run. So, so, so when, yeah, okay, it's a run. We're, we're classing it as a run because we haven't had one for donkeys. I think compared to our usual standards, it's uh, just about a marathon by now, is it? The distance we've gone compared to the usual. So I think, yeah, I think a lot of people will be listening to this travelling down on the coach, I reckon, on Saturday or travelling down in their own way. So go on, you asked the question there. How many do you think we'll take? How many How many do you think we'll take? I, still, I think I got carried away when I said 500 a few seconds ago. Maybe it's 300, 400, maybe something like that, which would be a hell of a turnout uh, given the journey. It's still a good, despite FA Cup fever, it's still a good journey down there. Yeah, it's just, uh, just outside Birmingham, isn't it? So it's a fair trek, but given what's on offer, place in the first round... Decent check, I think. I think we'll have a few hundred make the trip, and uh, and I'm very hopeful they'll come back happy. I mean, it's better than uh, what Hereford away, which we all thought we were going to get. Um, I mean, Hereford was what four hour journey, something like that. So it's 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 going to be far better than that. We'll take far more to Tamworth than what we would have Hereford. So it's great news from that from that perspective. At least we'll have a decent backing. Almost a local derby compared to Hereford, really, isn't it? I think we'll take 550. There you go. I reckon the good townsfolk are dialed, it'll get behind it. And I reckon, what, we take 300 nod to Leamington, didn't we? Something around there was the uh, rough that. speculation, I think. Yeah, about that. I, wasn't, I wasn't there for that one, but, um, yeah. It, it, it depends which national newspaper you read. I, I believe uh, the Daily <laughs> Mail said something like 50 travelling fans, was it something like that? Well, yeah, OK, that's typical Daily Mail, isn't it, for you? And the the data they'll be following us, of course, won't they? Because that's what they're going to do. They follow everyone through the rounds, like a glory hunter style thing, isn't it? Where they're following one team all the way to the or somebody all the way to the end of the FA Cup. So yeah, they're stuck with us until the final. Now I'm sure they can count higher than fifty once we get there. Exactly, and and um, remiss of us not to say at the very beginning of this, what a great month it's been as well since we were last together with four straight wins, including two in the FA Cup. Uh, anything in particular that's before we get in and go back over those FA Cup ones what, what is it that's, that's most impressed you in this last month since we last got together uh, the, the sort of battling quality has impressed me over the last month or so uh, I think it was underlined by Boston to be honest with you on Saturday um, I mean we had a, a great opening 15 minutes we flew into that 2-0 lead and we, we were well worth the win don't get me wrong 
um, but it wasn't you know it wasn't straightforward we had to battle a bit for that during that game um, and, and that's what's impressed me over the last month or so um, I mean Boston Alfred where we won it in the last two or three minutes of the game there we we just look far more committed than what we have done for a long time as a club I mean you think back to the performances we had last season we wouldn't have done that would we last season so that that's what's impressed me over the last month I mean, you say over the last month, really over the season, I think we've been playing okay, but just didn't get the results prior to, prior to this four-match winning run. We actually were playing okay, really. Uh, and now the, now the results are coming. Um, I'm not, I know some people are sick of discussing the injuries, thinking it's a sob story. You know? the, f- the fact is, and you probably covered this in the, in the previous podcast, but the number of injuries that they've had, it's bad any any time of year, but particularly at the start of a new uh, managerial reign, he's trying to impl- implement a new style, uh, almost a new squad with a n- number of signings. It's difficult to do anyway with a fully fit squad. So to do all that and bed in, you know, bed in all these players, bed in a new style of football, and have injuries to some of your first choice players, it's a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare. But obviously, he's got a couple of players back now. And he's been, Alan's been able to sign a few thanks to the board. Bring uh, Alex Story's come in. Uh, what is it, Alex? Uh, Alex Story's come in. <laughs> Alex Story and Liam, Liam Connell. Yeah, Ben Headley. So, and they've all made an impression. They've all made an impact, and um, it's coming together nicely. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I've not implied that we haven't been battling, you know, prior to this month. But I think, like you said, we're just getting our rewards at the moment, aren't we? And uh, just seems to be clicking. Whereas before we. We were working hard, we were battling, but we just we weren't getting any bloody luck, were we? And finally, it seems to be, almost seems to be the, the traffic result is sort of, it's given us a shot in the arm, it's given us a bit of confidence to go forward with. I just worry that Darlow being Darlow, we're using all of our luck up at once here, but for, call me cynical for a change, I'm usually the optimistic one, but yeah, um, there's a battling quality to us this season that just wasn't there often enough last time out, and the players that have come in, um, and there's a team spirit about us that, again, last year was painfully, obviously lacking far too often. And um, we we've put in some good performances this season. We weren't getting the the points that those performances deserved, but certainly the last few weeks, everything is, as Kev said, starting to click, and we are getting what we deserve now, which is three points in the league games and progress in the FA Cup. And long may it continue. Yeah, very good. Alan Armstrong said, didn't he, at the start of the season at the fans' forum that he wanted to give us a team that we could be proud of and enjoy watching, and it's starting to feel like that, isn't it? And there's also a few times on a match day where you've seen people actually on the pitch looking like they're enjoying themselves as well, which is a bit of an upturn on on some of the faces last year, I think. And I've got to be honest, I'm thoroughly enjoying the season, particularly this last five or six weeks, because you you got a good idea you're going to get a team that's putting 100% in, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, smiles on faces on and off the pitch, and even when, even when we've lost um, games, you, you know the players will applaud the fans. The fans will give that back because they realise that it wasn't through lack of effort, it wasn't through lack of trying. You know, the luck just wasn't with us. Maybe a bad decision or sort of a, you know, I think we might have conceded one or two half decent goals this season. They haven't all been from individual mistakes, but we're starting to turn things around now, and four wins in a row is proof of that. What what I've loved recently, like you said, is the commitment that's been shown. I mean, take uh, Michael Little, for example, playing playing at Alfred with a smashed up nose, um, and then he comes on camera afterwards and does this great interview, and you just think we wouldn't have had that last season. You know, somebody would have just 
gone off the pitch and you know called it a day at that and you know what fair enough to be honest with you after you've been smashed across the face but not him he, he was well up for that you know and you, you just you love that don't you do you know what I mean? As, as soon as he did that interview, as soon as we, we finished and we packed up the camera, we've got a belt of an interview there. And as soon as it was on the internet and people watched it, they were, they were all over it. You know, and that it was great stuff. And I think it's, that, that's just what it is at the moment. It's great. I mean, if you're going to talk about battling qualities and things, you can't really you can't really touch on it without discussing Will Hatfield. Um, I mean, people have said it, everyone said it. He's the player that needed last season in the middle of that midfield, which was so weak in the middle. Everyone could see it apart from Tommy Wright. Tommy being Tommy, thought otherwise. Uh, and then finally, Darlton have got a battling midfielder in, 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 the, in the middle there who challenged for everything. He's ideal, absolutely ideal. He hasn't missed a game yet, and hopefully he'll play the full season. Or I imagine at some point he'll get a suspension. You know, that'll happen. You have to, it goes hand in hand, unfortunately, when you, when you have those kind of players. So, no, he's, I think earlier you mentioned about enjoying the season. Uh, well, he's one of the reasons why. Him, uh, lots of reasons why, but Will Hatfield is, is one of them. I think he's done very well alongside. He's, I think we've probably had as, almost as many centre midfield partnerships as we, as we have uh, centre backs as well this season. And he's just, there hasn't been a single player he's looked out of place alongside. And everyone's just slotted in, and he is a fantastic team player. And as Craig says, that is exactly, he is exactly the sort of person that last season we needed. And we just didn't. We didn't have anyone like that, really, anywhere on the pitch. Almost. I have to say, Kev, that interview with Michael Little was a, was a cracker, as you say. It was the best interview I think that I've seen since the first Rocky Balboa fight against Apollo Creed. That's what he looked like, didn't he? When he came off there, I was waiting for him to give Adrian or something like that. It was that sort of his nose was smashed, his black eyes, everything. It was great. It's one of those interviews where. You know, while you're doing it, you've got a smile on your face behind the camera because it was that good. Um, I think somebody commented that um, um, he should be doing all the interviews after Tyler wins. <laughs> but, yeah, he makes a strong case for that. Um, and I, I tell you who else has impressed me recently. We, me and Mikey were uh, talking about this uh, before we started the podcast was uh, Joseph Wheatley, who, you know, it might not be a surprise that we've started to win games since he came back into the team. Um, and I've always wondered what sort of midfielder Joseph Wheatley is. I could never quite pinpoint exactly what he what he is. He's never struck me as being like a full on destroyer. He's never struck me as being a full on sort of attacking midfielder. But it just seems to be working at the moment. Um, I dare say he's almost sort of a box to box midfielder. He, you know, he's certainly combative, but it just seems to be clicking quite nicely alongside Will Hatfield at the moment. Yeah, we, Joe, he's one of those players weekly. He'll keep he keeps the player moving, keeps the player ticking over quite nicely. He, he won't waste the ball. Generally speaking, he's someone who will move it on to another teammate in a bit, another area of the pitch. And if everyone did that, you'd never <laughs> you'd be halfway there. So no, I think he does a good role from that point of view. Um, actually, just going back to Mike, a little interview. Do you remember what happened just prior to how that happened? He came out of the tunnel, and obviously the players come out after the game, they head back to the bus, don't they? To, yeah. to go home. Um, Armstrong, Alan Armstrong called him, didn't he? he come yet, come yet, because he, he he wanted him on camera because his nose was yeah, pointing yeah. in three different directions, and he was like, come yet, because he wanted him in front of the camera just for a laugh, because everyone thought it'd be funny, because <laughs> Taron O'Neill yeah, was supposed to do it. Taron O'Neill was Taron O'Neill was meant to do an interview, and I think Alan was shouting at him, and he was he shouted something back in, in his broad Grange uh, Town Teesside accent, and so that was a no, but. He let him go because 
Mike Little stepped up. Come here. Come here. Come on camera. And uh, by the way, I like your use of Joseph Wheatley. That's very, very proper. Probably full Sunday name. But yeah, I agree. He's uh, he's he's getting better as well, I think, is the thing I was going to say. As he gets fitter, he's looking better each week, isn't he? Well, I was going to say, it's a big season for him, to be honest with you, because he, he spent the majority of last season out injured, didn't he? Am I right? He, he, was, in, he was in and out. He, yeah. he was in and out of the team. He had spells. Um, yeah. yeah, Joseph Wheatley is what he always goes by on the, on the team sheet. Same as Terence Galbraith. Terence Colbert, yeah, I, I, like I, I can't say that. I, I, Terry, it's Terry Dalbert for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd, I would say, I would say it's a big season for um, Jason because um, I, I think he's got the ability to play a bit higher than us, um, and obviously he needs a good run in the team. He needs to be playing football to be able to sort of fulfil that ambition. And obviously, if he if he does move on to go higher, then it's obviously to our benefit. You would hope. So I'm I'm all for seeing him doing well. Going back to what, sticking with the theme of the FA Cup as well and going back to what got us there, obviously there was the grind-out win with masses of possession at Trafford, but then the Leamington performance, I think, was really good and you couldn't pass on that match without talking about, for me, the save from uh, from Liam Connell just after the first goal, which I think is one of the best saves I've, I've seen from a Darlington goalkeeper. It's a ridiculous save, that, wasn't it? I mean, um, it, it was almost sort of classic Darlington, wasn't it? We, we get the get the lead and almost as soon you know as quick as we've got it we've almost conceded it but as, as soon as their lad burst through the middle of the forward that, that's an equaliser he's, he's not going to miss this even though it did take their lad a little while to sort of get it sort of under his spell he, he just you thought it was going to go in and he just he leaps across the goal and you know puts his hand up and it's it's out for a corner kick and Honestly, like you said, it's one of the best saves I've seen in a long, long time. You know, he'd had a decent game up to that point. Um, actually, more than a decent game. He'd had a good game up to that point. But then you, all of a sudden you think, bloody hell, we've got a keeper here. And, you know, he carried it on in, uh, in the Boston on Saturday. Um, you know, yeah. that, that save he did for the offside goal, all right, the flag was up by that point. But he's flung himself across the goal. And he doesn't know it's offside by that point, And he's pulled off a hell of a save. And he, he did everything right during the Boston game as well. You know, he came out and was big and strong and collected the ball and wasted time while he could. He's, yeah, he's, he's he's looked really good so far. He has to stay, doesn't he, Connell, if you're honest. He has to be the answer keeper for it. Well, not has to be, but he should be for the rest of the season. If we give him the opportunity, give him the choice. Well, I know he's on loan, but you'd like him for the rest of the season, wouldn't you? Based on what we've seen. Have two games is what he played so far? Yeah. Aye. Yeah, two games in which he's pulled off uh, wonder saves in both of them. Um, the Leamington one was outstanding and against Boston as well late on. Um, probably prevents an equaliser even if the flag had, I think, gone up already. But yeah, um, I think, you know, Chris Elliott's come in and he's done well. But I, I just want to know who South Shields are playing in goal if they can afford to let this guy join us on loan. I mean, maybe we should be going after their number one rather than... But no, I would. Uh, I'd, I'd have no complaints if some of our FA Cup money maybe goes on trying to get that, uh, get him in on a deal to the at least the end of the season because he has been certainly in the first two games absolutely brilliant. 
Yeah, apologies to Liam Connell as well from the commentary team on Saturday, me and Andy, because I think both of us missed the save and it was pointed out by himself on Twitter uh, that we missed that save on the commentary. In fact, it was Tom, Stephen Thompson that pointed out, wasn't it? I've got to be honest, I didn't see the save at all. I thought it hit the fella on the line from where we were stood to the extent where I got back in the car afterwards and my son, who's Ollie's 14, said, what did you think about that save at the end? And I said, what save? I just didn't see it. It was so, it was so good. I think the flag was up anyway, mind. I must admit, I didn't see the save either. It was only when I watched it back on the goal cam that I actually saw that, actually, yeah, he saved that. And I still need another look at that point. Um, but to go back to the, the Lambton game, there was a save in the first half, which I don't think the camera really does it justice. I think it's from a corner kick where their lad gets a bit of space at the, the near post and puts a, you know, a header downwards towards the near post. And um, Liam saves it there. And I... I it's a really good save. And I don't think the camera actually does it justice because the the ball's virtually right on top of him when he makes the save. So it's it's not just that one after the the first ball we scored, but there was one in the first half as well. I mean, to an extent, he's kept us in the FA Cup, really, hasn't he? I've got me uh, I've got me X Factor question for you here. You can answer this one quickly, but if if it was X Factor, this I'd be saying, how much would it mean to you to be in the first round draw, Michael? Everything, um, <laughs> honestly, everything. Very, very X Factor answer as well. It's all I've ever wanted. It's all I dreamed of as a kid. Um, yeah, um, obviously this is the first time we've been at this this stage since we were. Uh, was it the Conference Centre, or they already called it that? Were they already called it the National League? It was conference, I think it was the Blue yeah. Square Conference. The I think Blue Square, Blue Square Bet Premier, possibly. Yeah, that's like ringing that. a bell now. Yeah. But yeah, that, that that was the last time we were at this stage, and obviously we haven't been in the the proper rounds since we were in the Football League. Um, but this feels special because you know we've we've won our way through to this, which is a very unusual thing for Darling Football Club to do. And uh, and along the way, we've we've bagged a fair bit of cash as well. Um, I think it's at least twenty four thousand from this cup run, eighteen thousand already, um, plus eighteen thousand again if we do pull off a result on Saturday, six thousand if it goes the wrong way, and uh, you know a football club the way we're run at our level, that's a lot of money, and um, but it's 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 the buzz it generates as well, you know. League wins are great, but FA Cup wins, again, especially for Darling supporters, are special occasions. And we've had two of them already this season. Yeah, league wins are, are great. And it's ultimately, that's what drives the cup forward. But like Mike says, uh, cup, win, cup wins are like almost a shortcut towards raising your profile and creating a buzz. With one cup win, or a couple of cup wins, suddenly you can get the, the town talking, particularly if we ended up on TV. Now, it's a big if, by the way. I'm getting a bit carried away. But if you know, if we win Saturday, get a good cup draw, suddenly you're on TV making money. And through just a couple of wins, two or three wins, suddenly your club's uh, taking major steps forward. So that's all potential that could happen over the, over the next few weeks. That's why everyone's excited. That's why you know, everyone's puzzling. Because it could very... You know, we, we, every year you see it on TV, you see it, a lower league club or non-league club in the spotlight on TV nationally making money and having, making memories. And it, it could be down, down in a couple of weeks' time. It, it could be us. It could be do, us. Do, do you know what you mentioned there about getting carried away and you know, we're allowed to get carried away? It's the FA Cup. You know what I mean? You're totally allowed to get carried away. And we, we, we should be dreaming of the, you know, the, the competition proper. Why not? Do you know what I mean? We, we've got this far, so why not? Um, 
to me, like might just mean everything. Do you know what I mean? Like like Craig says, it would be such. It's the one thing we've not had. As much as we've had a bit of success over the last few years, it would just get us out in the wider community. Do you know what I mean? I, I just think it would be a huge shot in the arm for the club. It really would do. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm so looking forward to Saturday. I mean, sometimes when when you when you look at when you look at the draw, and you all to me you always want to draw against a team who's more down in the pyramid, and to an extent we've we've sort of had a, a tough run so far, haven't we? We've we've faced a sort of unknown of Trafford to an extent. We faced Leamington, who were a no mugs. We all thought we were with the greatest respect, probably going to go to Hereford, which wouldn't have been an easy tie, especially with the likes of uh, Nicholson and Steich potentially in the Hereford lineup. You know, that would have been a massive banana skin. And all right, Tamworth have got through, and I know they're lower down the pyramid, but that one's still going to be a tough one as well. But it's it's been a great run. You just don't want it to finish, do you, basically? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Saturday so much. While, while we're looking forward to the FA Cup this year, go on. Let's indulge ourselves for a minute. What's your what's your FA? What's your darling supporting FA Cup highlight? Well, I wish I could say beating Borough in the mid eighties, but I wasn't there. I was too young, far too young to have been there. Actually, what I do remember about that is my uncle asking my dad if he could take me because I'd have been about seven at the time, and I wasn't allowed because in case there was bother, and there was bother. <laughs> A lot of it, apparently, wasn't there, and um, so no, I wasn't there. But after that, um, you can't really avoid beating Burnley at the Riverside. Obviously, two 0 down, scored three goals in the last ten minutes. That was crazy. I think that's a, a treasured memory for everyone. But, but you're asking the question: treasured difficult, treasured difficult memories. There's been so few over the last few years. They almost stand out and speak. For, we're all going to share the same ones, basically, because there's been so few. Uh, FA Cup wins, so I'll leave it at that, and leave, leave Mike and Kev and yourself to comment. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, he's right, Craig's right. I'm always sort of struggling to think of a an FA Cup memory beyond the ones that everyone would say, like the game at the Riverside. So I'm going to go slightly, um, slightly out of the box, and I'm, I'm going to say that the 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 time we were the lucky losers, um, you know, that's that's kind of the closest thing to a, a favourable FA Cup draw that we've had at that stage, I suppose, when obviously Man United were were um, ditching the FA Cup that year to go and play in the Club World Cup or whatever it was. So they had to draw a team back out of the hat for the third round and we went to Aston Villa. And um, yeah, that's that's the closest thing to a decent third round draw that Darlington probably had for, for a while. So I'm, it's it's a slightly odd one perhaps, but I'm going to go with that. I was going to say, Rob, the two obvious ones were Burnley and um, the Villa away game. Um, God, you're right, there's been some absolute dross, hasn't there, in the FA Cup during, yeah, during we, my lifetime. I mean, I, I was putting the stats in for the download database that I'm doing. I'm, I'm currently running through the 2011-12 season. and I, I totally forgot about the Hinkley game. Oh. Um, my God, oh, that was terrible. There was one one at the arena, wasn't it? And then they absolutely spanked us three little away from us. God, I mean, we've had some yeah. absolute dross We're, in the FA Cup. I mean, the lucky losers, the Aston Villa game, maybe that's why we've been so bad for 20 years, because we used up all our luck to get in the Villa game for 20 years after that. We've been appalling. I mean, there'll be kids now who will, who will be absolutely amazed that uh, they've never had a difficult memory to think about or to treasure, because there hasn't been any FA Cup wins, or very few FA Cup wins in the last 20 years. We've been so bad. 
what, what, what we have we've had Horn Church away that, oh, that, that, that was yeah. pretty dismal um, <laughs> we, we, did, 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 we, we had the potential to play Newcastle didn't we a few years ago we, we oh, played yeah. Peterborough weren't we tooling up in that we were tooling up we had a chance to yes we were tooling up and Barry Conlon had a penalty didn't he we had the chance to go 3 up in that game if I recall correctly we blew it Barry Conlon's penalty went into orbit and is still there now <laughs> Peterborough Pulled it back the two two, finished two two, and it obviously went down the London run. You knew straight away as soon as it was a replay that that was it. We were done. You know, we'd had our chance by that point. I, I don't think you know what I might be wrong, but I don't think Conlon's penalty was to make it three nil. I think that was it. I think that was at nil nil or one nil. So as it turned out, we went when we went on to go two nil up anyway. I think I might be wrong, but as it turned out, we blew it anyway. But there's, there's been other occasions well documented what, what, in Liverpool. It the was, it, was it Farnborough? Did we beat Farnborough? We got beat by Farnborough. If you want Darlow in a nutshell in the FA Cup, it's that those fixtures right there. Mm-hmm. Well, last time Downton won three FA Cup ties in one season, which is what we could do on Saturday. Have a guess when that was. Oh my goodness. Just to put into perspective how bad Downton are in the FA Cup. Uh, can I just point out we're kind of getting away from the spirit that yeah, we need for yeah, Saturday yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I realise we're getting back to I'm being realistic about Darlington in the FA Cup. But 2001. Uh, no, Brian Little was the manager. It was the conference season. When we got the played Cambridge in the replay. I remember it well. I remember it well. Yeah, that was... Down had won three times before to get to that stage. Got beat by Cambridge after a replay. In front of it with the, the home was under the hammer presented. Dion Dublin's yeah. yes, played, I think he scored. Yeah. Um, I think Steve Claridge might have played that night as well, but I'd have to check it. And John Taylor, yeah. the striker. Yeah. So it's time. It's time for, for us to win a third FA Cup tie in the season. Wow. I, I know Mikey's right, we're sort of, we've, we've, we've spun off in a completely random and different direction here, haven't we? But it sort of underlines the fact of why we are the way we are at the moment, because we've been so starved of FA Cup, you know, I want to say glory. Well, yeah, glory. I, I'll bring um, us back, I'll bring us back, because to finish, like Mike said there, we're getting a bit depressing here. I I was, I am a few years older than you, well, than everyone, I think, and perhaps had a bit more liberal parenting so I was allowed to go to the Middlesbrough game I went to the away game and the home game and if you're sitting there thinking about how much it means to Darlington fans to have a good run in the FA Cup the fact that I can remember almost every part of it now all these years later when my kids are older than I was when I was there tells you how much it means to Darlington fans I remember the away game I remember Mickey Angus in the away game at Ayrson Park, having a goal-bound shot that got stuck in the mud and didn't quite cross the line, and we would have beat them at their place. And then in the home game, I've got some really vivid memories. Snowy pitch around the outside. My dad dearly departed. Dad took me down early on. We were in the uh, the spit of the paddock that was down near the east stand at the open end. Then where all the Middlesbrough fans were, well, I think the Middlesbrough fans were scattered all over the place, to be honest, but the big bank of them in the open end. I remember sticking our thermos flask in the bank of snow don't remember a great deal about the match to be honest apart from us winning 1-0 on a terrible pitch I remember all the Middlesbrough fans coming on and trying to get it abandoned um, and if, you know when I'm lying there on my you know taking my last breaths I know that I'll remember that game so I'm not sure whether kids my age then will remember Tamworth away on Saturday but uh, it's got the potential to have some lingering memories this competition well, the FA Cup it does stick with you when you're you know your, your early memories early successes you know you don't forget them I, um, I remember being uh, and sorry, beating Runcorn and Northwood Victoria in, in the conference season in the FA Cup. They were some of my earliest earliest matches, and I still remember them now. Um, I, I remember the strip that Runcorn were wearing. I know exactly what it looks like: yellow and green Umbro. 
Um, so no, they, 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 they stay with you, these things. And so hopefully what happens on Saturday will stick with the kids you know, for the future. Yeah. yeah, and what I will say is if the kids don't remember Tamworth away on Saturday, they will remember Sunderland away in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> well, bringing this FA Cup bit to a close, actually, I chatted with David Johnson uh, last night, actually. He was gracious enough to give us some time, and I'm going to play that in a minute. He said at that stage that he thought this might be... He's bang up for this game, by the way. He said he thinks this might be the biggest game since 2012 for Darling. So uh, that's how important he thinks it is. Uh, and since I've mentioned it, let's uh, let's take a listen to what else David Johnson had to say. As I say, he dialed in uh, last night. We had a chat on the phone. So this, if the sound quality sounds a little bit spotty, it's because David was good enough to, to give up his time from uh, from being down on business down on the other end of the country. Um, and let's have a little listen to what he had to say. Good stuff. Right, David, thanks for joining us on this podcast. I always appreciate your time. Let me start by just asking you just what you're feeling so far. I guess we're in the middle of October now. How are you feeling about things? how things are going? Um, I'm very happy to do that. Actually, um, you know, we we said this season is about rebuilding um, and you know, there's a lot of work to do with Arlen over the close season, putting a squad of players together. Um, we obviously have a lot of players going this summer. Um, I think from where we are, we're sitting mid-field at the moment, big FA Cup side to come on, on Saturday. But uh, given the injuries that we've had, you know, we've, we've lost, you know, three probably first-team regulars, Scott, Jamie uh, and Aki. And, you know, those three players are walking to most sides. So to be where we are, it just shows the depth of the squad. Players have come in, players have done very, very well. And I'm excited that, you know, when we get these players back from injury, we're going to have a very, very competitive squad. If you look what happened on Saturday against Boston, you know, the, the bench was full of young kids there, which is nice to see them getting a chance. Um, but, yeah, you know, on this weekend, we've got the two boys come back from national duty. Uh, hopefully, Tom will be back after his groin strain and we'll have Ben back in suspension. So, four players coming back into the squad, and that's the same that beat Boston, who were, who were at the time from the highest in the league. Yeah, very good, very good. If you look at that couple of months then, David, and sort of put it together, what, what are the sort of areas of progress that you're most pleased with, sort of on or off the pitch, since uh, since we last talked at the beginning of the season? OK, well, well um, on the pitch, I think you can see um, the completely different work ethic from the players. Uh, they are working their socks off for each other. They're working completely right to the very end. They support each other. And, you know, I've got to tell you as well, I... I popped down the dressing room at the end of the day and just offered them my congratulations and have a chat with Alan and the team. And um, the team spirit has just been fantastic. It's one of the key things we looked at through the interview process. How would you build that dressing room? You know, Team McLaren was involved in, in the interviews and we talked about the importance of a strong dressing room. And Alan certainly generated that. This the team. You can see the, the genuine um, respect they've got for each other, the friendship they've got in there, the camaraderie. I think we've seen that on the football field. And also we're playing some, you know, some playing some nice football as well. You know, I, I, I was quite interested in watching the Boston game on Saturday. The ball it was just an aerial bombardment. But we got the ball down and we tried to play football. And you can see the goals we scored. They're, they're good team goals. So on the pitch, it's coming together nicely. Um, you know, we want to then get the players back from injury and, and push on in the new year. Um, off the pitch, um, I think at the start of the season, I was, I was very, very confident. We had, you know, we, we looked at the board directors earlier in the year. Brought John Dickerman in. Um, I've got to say, Johnson, an absolute diamond. Uh, really, really supportive to me and the rest of the, uh, of, the, of the board. And the club in general, you know, his mentoring and advice, experience and knowledge is, is invaluable. Disappointed to lose John Wall, no John. 
it's obviously it's, it's, this is a balance between balancing your, your full time job with your volunteer job, and you know thanks to the effort that John's put in, but we'll now need to bring in another CFO in. I have to say, you know, any calls from either suppliers or or you know people cash flow issues. Um, so you know the finances are improving um, significantly. We've got a, a software package in place, um, and you know it's it's in a good place for, for the new CFO to come in and, and take that work on. So I think both on and off the field we've strengthened. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm very positive about the future. Yeah, very good. And if you look forward as then into the sort of next few months as you run up sort of into the Christmas period and, and New Year, uh, any any milestones to look out for? Anything uh, in terms of sort of expectation? Is it just more of the same and keep that momentum going, do you think, in that next few months? I think there's more to come from the squad. You know, the um, the guys have um, they've had to learn about each other. You know, when you think about how many you know players we had at the end of last season and bringing the squad together, it takes time to gel. Um, but I, I'm, I'm excited about the future. I think that the um, I think yeah, w- once we get the players coming back from injury, we could have a very very exciting end of the season. You know, we we're not setting any targets this year. We just wanted improvement on last year. Um, but the guys, it's, it's, you know, I was talking with Alan. I'll go back four weeks ago with Alan and Gareth and we sat there and saying, what the hell are we going to do? You know, we just have the Bradford game. The luck wasn't with us. We had injuries. We were, you know, that's, the, you know that, that's football. That's the guys stick with it. We're doing the right things. And they've stuck with it, changed the formation a little bit. And four wins on the bounce, tremendous. And, and now everyone's looking forward with, with optimism. Um, so I think when we get the players back, it'll be even stronger, more competitive, more competition. And, you know, if we're hanging there or thereabouts, just outside the, you know, those, those um, playoff spots, I think we can push on. That's the key thing. The irony is if we'd actually beaten Bradford, the game that we should have, you know, we won, would have been one point um, off there, you know, and they've been a very, very good position to be in. But, you know, I'm not disappointed where we are. Um, I've got full confidence in Alan and, and, and the team, and I think things will only get better. Yeah, very good. If you look, since you've been in the role now, David, for a little while as it's getting there, would you say this has probably been about the smoothest couple of months since you've been in? I'm just trying to think back. You've had there's been a few fires to put out, wasn't there, over the time? As it, it feels a bit more kind of calmer around the place. Am I picking that up right? You are, yeah. It, it, it takes time to you can't you can't change the culture overnight. It takes time, and I think what you know the most important thing is to give that stability as a board. Give the manager the confidence that you know he's, he's got the board supporting him, but also have the right people at that board level as well who are who are um, you know contributing and supporting. And you know it, the support I get now is tremendous. Before we had we probably didn't have enough people um, supporting, and now strengthening that board and bringing additional help in it, it means you know that, that that workload is shared. So it, it is a lot calmer. Um, we do have we have board meetings every month. We discuss all the issues in there, and that goes from, you know, we, we, we go through a full board agenda of health and safety, looking at what's happened at the ground and the, the match reports from the, the stewards. We go through the financial forecasts, cash flow balance sheets, profit and loss. We go through um, the strategic issues around, you know, development of Blackwell or Sporting Village. We go through the issues around the playing squad and where we're at with that. Uh, we look at the crowds, revenue. So you know, it's 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 a very detailed board, and every member committed to that board knows what they're bringing to it, reporting on, and you know, it, it, you know, it, it's 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 starting to run how I wanted the club to run in terms of the professionalism that we need to have at board level, um, and bringing Dave Mills into the team as well is also enhancing that. That get that community aspect going, 
Um, so, yeah, again, strengthening off the field, and it is a lot calmer now, yes. Yeah, very good. And um, I think 1,570-something there on Saturday against Boston looked like a little step in the right direction attendance-wise as well. Have attendance been holding up in, in line with about what you were expecting? The Harvard, it was 1500, I think it was 1,572 on Saturday. Um, not that I was counting. We're watching that. We want to try and get more fans to come to the game. The way to do is have a successful product on, on the field. You know, I can't stress how important this Saturday's game is um, in the FA Cup, you know, the fourth qualifying round. To get in the first round probably be a tremendous achievement. But there's no pressure on Alan and, and the boys. You know, um, They've done very, very well to get where we are. It's the best time we've had in years. But it's, it's a huge game on Saturday. But, um, hopefully we'll get, we'll get through. But if, if we don't, we don't. Um, you know, we've done very well so far. But again, you know, that, that would be fantastic. I'd just love to get through in the first round draw. And uh, with a bit of luck, draw some underway. <laughs> well, I know as a, as a former Newcastle United fan, I suppose you'd particularly enjoy that one, I reckon. Uh, just just a couple more things, Dave. Yeah, no comment. Just just a couple more things. Um, any Anything, uh, developments or, or not, or otherwise, with any sort of infrastructure pieces or playing arrangements or anything like that? Or is the pot still bubbling on that one or, or, or otherwise? Yeah, it, it, I can't say too much because we're talking you know, about we've, we've got to get this decision right. And, it, you know, it, there's a lot of pieces on that chess board we're moving around at the moment and, and talking to Blackwell about development and talking to the, to the other guys about development and where best for us. Um, and, it, you know, it, it's, not an, it, it's not an easy decision to, to, to take. And, we, you know, we have to make sure that we negotiate hard on both sides, get the best deal of the time in the football club, because this is going to shape where we're going to be for the, you know, for the long term. And we've got to make sure we make the right decision around that and that, it, you know, it's in the best interest of the football club. Yeah, very good, very good. Last question then uh, from me, Dave, before I let you get back on with your evening. Um, and you touched on this a little minute ago, but um, Saturday, uh, I reckon Darlin will take a good following down to Tamworth. And I reckon quite a few people might be listening to this on the coach on the way down, maybe. Uh, how much would it mean to you? I know you said there's no pressure on the team and Alan and they've done well to get this far. But how much would it mean to you personally and to the club if they could squeak their way through into the hat for the first round proper on Monday? It's huge. It's, you know, the way I'm looking at it, it's probably the biggest game we've had since the club reformed. Um, to get in that first round proper with the chance of drawing a large club and getting revenue into the football club, um, it could be you know next season. When Alan when Alan came in as manager, we talked about a project. This year was rebuilding, and I want to retain you know 70% of the quality we've got. Um, you know, let's see where we are. I want to bring in another 30% next year. So next year, for me, was always the year where we're targeting being really competitive. We may even look at a hybrid model next year, possibly going full-time or a hybrid model to, to get the lads fitter and more competitive. Um, Alan and I have been discussing that. So yeah, next year, we, our finances will be strengthened by further input from some of the 500 club. Actually, you know, that five years will be up. We'll start to get more gate revenue coming through. Um, but ideally, a good, a good couple can set you up fantastic. I remember talking with um, um, T.Y. McGurk when he was um, with David when he applied for the job. When Hyde had that run, they made £104,000 from that FA Cup game that they had. And, you know, that is, is, is it, it's game-changing. It gives us the opportunity to, to to strengthen the squad in the right areas, put a bit away for, you know, for a rainy day for, for it to cover injuries and whatever. Um, but to get that kind of money coming into a football club is phenomenal. And 
it would be game changing for us and give us a real chance to have a go next year. Um, I'm not riding off this year. Again, no targets have been set. But you can see on our day we're competitive. You can see on our day we've got some. You know, you've got players who are going to run for 90 minutes. They're not going to give up. Um, we've got good footballers right across the park, and on our day we'll, we'll give anybody a game. Um, you know, yes, there's some learning to do in game management, and, and, the, and the guys know that. But that'll come with experience. But um, Saturday's game is huge. Um, <laughs> I've got a quarter final on the over forties on Saturday morning, so I've either got to get sent off, taken off at half time, or sent off because I'm coming down. I'm driving down as soon as we finish. So I think I'll be trying to get away early on there on Saturday morning. But um, I'm probably not going to get a sandwich about three o'clock. But yeah, it's it's massive for the football club, and and I hope the fans have a great day out, get down there, and the numbers and support us. Making you know, it, it's massive. The vocal backing they can give to the team is, is phenomenal, and I want to hear them, you know, supporting that team right the way through and pushing the lads over the line. Because if we get that first round draw proper, wow, starts to get exciting. Exactly, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of noisy fans down there in the way, and it certainly seems to be capturing capturing the imagination this cup run again, as is the good form. And I'm pleased as well, David, that you still got 90 minutes in those legs of yours as well. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Um, you know, playing, playing good football, but uh, I think it's time for the youth youth policy to come in and get a few 40 year olds in, not 54 year olds like me. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thanks again. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Much appreciated. Much appreciate all the work that's going on behind the scenes as well, and especially for joining us for a little while on this podcast as well. And we'll maybe see you down there on Saturday. Yes, Stuart. Um, you know, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll talk, talk any time to you guys. You do a fantastic job at the football club. Just a message to all the Darton fans. You know, I think we're starting to see an improvement out there, and please stick with us. Get, get the more people get through the gate, the better it gets. Um, Let's get down to come within our numbers, get behind the team and hopefully get in that, uh, that first round draw. But if we don't, we don't. We just push on. We get on with the season. We drive on with getting results. The win on Saturday was very, very important. It was to keep that run going. Talking to the players after the game, they are absolutely buzzing. Their players are buzzing. The atmosphere in the dressing room, you know, you've got leaders in that dressing room. Sort of strong characters, everyone backing each other. We've got some, um, some strange characters there as well. Some funny lads in that dressing room. But, you know, you can see the team spirit is tremendous and the lads are buzzing for Saturday. So, Let's hopefully get uh, get down there and get the result that we need. Brilliant. Great stuff. That's David Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of Darlington Football Club. Dave, thanks a lot for joining us. Much appreciated. And we'll see you down there uh, on Saturday. Thanks, Stuart. Take care. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. So there you go. That's David Johnson. Thanks again, David, uh, for taking the time out to chat to us on the podcast. And I think my, the headline from that, uh, interview with David is the big revelation is that there are no big revelations and that in itself is progress I guess I think a, a happy Darlington FC chief executive means a happy fan base there's uh, just everything seems to be going right on and off the pitch at the moment um, you know FA Cup progress teams gelling well team spirit and work ethic are there and just no no complaints really and uh, that it's a refreshing change almost it's nice to, it's nice to have that it's almost a reason to to whinge. Not, nothing to whinge about. I'm not, I'm not happy about it. There's nothing to complain about. <laughs> no, no. I mean, just to go back to yeah, he, he was quite positive, wasn't he? Uh, he, he was quite positive, David. And I, and I think we should be pleased that um, everything seems to be going along quite nicely, as far as, we, as far as we're aware. Yeah, like you, like you guys said, there's there's almost no major talking points, is there? It's it's all ticking along quite nicely. I think um, 
the FA Cup run has given us maybe a little bit of sort of financial leeway to improve the squad and that's always a bonus so long may it continue very good and thanks again David for joining us so and and, and thanks also to you listeners because we're just past halfway now we're into the second half so let's take a little break and we'll be back just for you in a minute So without spending all of our time on the FA Cup, we should also go back and reflect a little bit on the league, which has also had a couple of good data points in that league table as well with a couple of wins. And one of the ones that I think the phrase that the kids use these days is limbs, isn't it? Something like that. Alfred and away, what did you make of those scenes Alfred and away? You must have been, that must have been a good one for, for, for you, whether you were watching or listening. Never mind the uh, Stan's limbs in the commentary box on that one, wasn't there? It was brilliant. Just... Lowenard left footer deflect it into the bottom right hand corner come on it's little and it looks like it is going to be Wheatley he's there it's on target but it's too close to the keeper but it's one back chipped it back in and it's a goal O'Neill it's a fantastic bit of play Campbell chips it back in and it's a beaming header into the goal from Tyrone O'Neill fantastic no more than we deserve there, Les. Absolutely, yeah. Get in! Fantastic. And how long is left? Six minutes. And the Darlington fans roar. Absolutely what they deserve there. The free kick was a little bit direct, but it was a nice dink back in. Great ball back in from Campbell. They were queuing up at the back post. Uh, another assist. Come on, Tarlow. Right, they need to concentrate. Absolutely. Concentrate and keep the pressure. Here comes Donovan now. After Bob Little. Donovan's opened his legs up, crosses up the halfway line, finds a good ball for O'Neill. O'Neill's coming to the edge of the box. He's got two, and he shoots. Oh, and it just gets up. And it's a goal! It's a goal! Donovan puts it in off the rebound. Fantastic goal for Darlington. The management team jump onto the pitch. Everybody's jumping around. The, the fans are celebrating with the players. What a goal! Oh, Liz! Deserved yes. it. It's been fantastic second half. What a goal! Don't know where. Good, good anticipation there from Donovan. You thought O'Neill was getting. He got the shot away, but his keeper saved it. But he could only parry it. This is a result for football. It certainly is. Absolutely. One of those games that, again, I think just sort of epitomises the difference between this season and last season. A game that last season, you know, were a goal down with, you know, five or six minutes left to play, however long it was. And at that point, if you were a betting man, you would be more likely to put put a few quid on us conceding another one, not scoring two in a minute and coming away with the three points. And, think of memory serves first away win in the league this season as well and what a way to get it it was, yeah, it was Darlington's first away win in the league and also Arfton's first home defeat as well so it was a bit unexpected the way, the way things have been going lately um, but 
it was quite funny to watch because Billy Heath, is it Billy Heath, the Alfreton manager, he was barking instructions all day because you could see his team were getting there. Well, particularly second half, you could see his team were, were were being outplayed and he was changing formation every five minutes to try and uh, instigate something to try and stop Dalton. And eventually Dalton came good with those two goals in 60-odd seconds, or it was, 65, something. Yeah, that, didn't they have a cup replay in the, the few days prior to that? I think so, yeah. Them. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think as the the second half did wear on, they were, they were starting to like show less and less interest in sort of attacking and just sort of preserving what they had. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's easy to forget now, but we had an absolute nightmare of a start of that game, didn't we? We were 1-0 down after about two or three minutes or something like that. We had a pretty much poor start is what you could expect, really. Um, and yeah, like you said, limbs at the end, that was... Yeah, that was some goal, wasn't it? And um, the goal um, that Donovan scored to to win it is when when you look back at it now, you think you know the, the ball sort of popped out to him and he was in a bit of space, and you think, well, he's going to finish it, you know. But it wasn't a given finish, really. I mean, I've seen plenty of players belt them over the bar or lose composure or have a, a you know split second in the head where they they try to control it. He didn't, he just ran on and hit it first time. It's a tremendous finish. Yeah, he can strike a ball, can't he? Well, from what we've seen, Donovan, I mean, I know he's got pace, but obviously you need an end product as well if, you, if you've got that pace. And from what we've seen, he can, he, I mean, he, he doesn't deliver every time, but he's at this reason, he's at this level for a reason. And um, and But from what we've seen, on, on the whole, he's uh, he's got something there. Uh, he, he's a great, great, well. great impact player to bring on, I think, isn't he? You know, you can use his pace late in the game, especially against Alfred who were clearly a bit leggy by that point. Yeah. Um, you know, you can, you can come on and you can run a defender. Um, I don't know I don't know what he thinks of that, though. I haven't spoke to him, but I don't know what he thinks about being an impact player. I mean, would anyone like to be an impact player? I mean, I'm, he's going to want to start games, isn't he? I mean, unless Alan can find a way of making him feel valued and appreciated by being a substitute. I, I don't know. Well, That's I, a challenge for Alan, isn't it? I guess you're right to point out the fact that he scored, was it, three goals in... Three goals in a row. Th- yeah. I mean, appearances is probably about he, 10 he, will, he will point out that the fact that, you know, I should be starting. And, you know, it's, it's hard to argue against that when he's had the sort of impact he has. Um, so it's a nice challenge for the gaffer to have, isn't it? To sort of maybe try and keep a, a player in a, a sort of role that he is clearly excelling at when perhaps maybe the player wants a bit more. So it's a nice problem to have. His, uh, his goal per minute ratio over the last month must be pretty strong, I'd have thought. And if you listen to Alan Armstrong's interview after the Leamington game, he said he fully expects that Justin Donner will be knocking on my door soon, is what he said. Now, obviously, him and Asaji Bascom have been away on international duty this last couple of weeks, so maybe it's uh, a slightly different kettle of fish for Saturday, because I think those guys will be flying back and might not be 100% fit. But at some point, you'd think he's got to try and get him more minutes on the pitch, haven't you? Because if I'm not mistaken, the only game he started... I think, and someone can correct me, I think he was playing centre-forward, wasn't he? I think, at home, in one of the home games. The Southport game, I think. Yeah. Um, I wasn't there for that one, but did he... So I can't really comment, but didn't he play, did he play well that day? I'm sure he, something. He, he did okay in playing in slightly out of position, I thought. I want to say he started two games, um, sort of early on in the season, when we were having... I think when we were in the worst of our def- uh, sorry injury crisis. Keep talking, but Mike, because Kev will be having a look at his database here. Keep talking, <laughs> he'll confirm it for he's, you. He's been involved in every game he's been available for this season. I do know that. Um, my spreadsheet, his row in particular, is very colourful. Um, I don't think he's... With the games he started, he came off. He didn't. He hasn't played a full 90 minutes for us yet, but 
Um, and maybe lower of averages, given he's only started twice, but his best performances have certainly come when he's, he's come off the bench because, as Craig said, you know, he is lightning quick. And if you're a defender who's already been playing 70 minutes and you see him coming off the bench, you're just like, oh, no. I mean, I, I imagine sort of a couple of the Boston players, um, one in particular we won't name him, but you all know who I'm thinking of. Um, Justin Donover against him would not have been a fair fight at all. I mean, it's not a fair fight against most players, but yeah, um, it was almost a shame that we didn't have him to bring off the bench. And that possibly, him going away on international duty maybe plays a part in the fact he doesn't get a run in the team because eventually he gets called up and he has to go away and he loses his place. He started two, by the way, Southport and uh, Bradford Park Avenue, both clubs. Um, the rest of them come from the bench. Mike, you, you didn't want to mention Simon Ainge there, so I'm going to ask you why didn't you mention Simon Ainge? <laughs> why didn't you want to say? Why didn't you want to name Simon Ainge? I didn't have to. You knew who I was thinking of. Come on, let's explore this. What, what have you got against Simon Ainge? I have absolutely nothing against Simon Ainge. He's still a Darlington player for the rest he's, of this season. He's the side of his gut on Saturday, by the way. Simon Ainge's belly, footballer. <laughs> I didn't think it looked much different to last season. Come on, let's talk about Simon Ainge's weight. Alan Armstrong was referred to Boston's centre-back before the game. He saw the condition of him and told Tyrone O'Neill to attack him. And it would have been the same if Justin, Justin Donovan was on the pitch as well. Um, and you do get those, those centre-backs at this level, they're non-league football, you know. It's, a, it's semi-pro. The lads, not all the lads are in top condition. Um, and when you've got people like Donovan on the pitch, he's going to be a hell of an asset for us. A hell of an asset. There's, there's not so much like condition, but you can sort of see why Alan's gone in the direction he has with Tyrone. You know, sort of quick thing, um, you know, an awkward sort of handful of a player to deal with. Because you do get centre-halves at this level who are slightly more agricultural, shall we say, who maybe aren't as finesse, uh, don't like being put under pressure like a ball in the air rather than the ball on the deck in front of them to deal with. So you, all of a sudden you can sort of see where where he's gone with this because I, I must admit when I, when I first saw Tyrone I thought yeah he looks a good player don't get me wrong he looks technically good can he do it at this sort of level where he's going to get kicked about and, and the answer is emphatically yes he can obviously he can do and I, I tell you Tyrone reminds me of sorry we've gone off on a bit of a tangent here Tyrone reminds me of a little bit of Neil Wainwright sort of gangly very thin looks a bit lightweight but got great feed and doesn't mind you know a battle um, reminds me a lot of Neil Wainwright to be honest with you appearance wise certainly yeah, it's um, a concern in his mind he'll go back to Borough and, go, and they'll send him out on loan to a club higher up second half of the season which yeah. is what they sometimes do with their loan players so it's a bit of a worry it's a bit of a worry that we're down and might lose him uh, we'll see what happens and also for Tara O'Neill's kit sponsor it's a bit of a worry for him um, who, who is that? Oh, I, thought, I thought you were going to... have to check the programme, Stu. All right, okay. I thought there was a, a, a backstory there. I, I think with, with Tyrone O'Neill, what you'd say is it's worked exactly how long-term loans from clubs in a championship should work because he's had... You know, he started almost every game. He's playing against men. He's improving as a player. You can see week by week he's yeah. improving and developing. So whether we can keep him for a bit longer or whether he goes into the Football League or whatever, this spell that he's in the middle of now... He's, you know, he's going to look back on satisfactorily. The club are going to look very fondly of, and hopefully Middlesbrough are pretty pleased as well. I'd say you'd love to keep him until the end of the season, based on what he's done so far um, this campaign. Whether we can, I agree with you. I don't think it's probably likely if he keeps going the way he's go, 
uh, he's going then, but we're going to recall him at the end of his loan spell and they're going to send him at least one level higher. And I'm sure they'll find the club who's willing to take him. Um, to, to an extent, yes, I'd, I'd love to see him in a couple of years' time because if he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to be a hell of a player. And you'd think you'd love him in two years because he'd be a heck of a player, but you know he'd be too good for us in two years. So at the moment we've got him, and he is a bit raw at times. You can see he makes the odd mistake like against Boston. Um, he's, he he did well. He bought the ball out of defence. Now he got it stuck under his foot, and he couldn't you know couldn't get rid of it quick enough, and he got his pocket pinched. Um, so there's stuff like that where he's still learning. He still needs to make the right decisions. Um, and that, that's why we've got him now as opposed to potentially in a couple of years when he'll be a completely different player and you know, like you say, if he keeps going the way he's going, he's gonna be a heck of a player. Yeah, I think it's it's a shame that we we probably do only have him till December because, you know, his performances will attract attention from high level clubs and Borough will want him to test himself at the highest level they can find for him. So the likelihood is that, you know, I think Alan is trying to get him to stay until the end of the season and I imagine he would love to stay until the end of the season because he is getting regular football um, he is learning his trade he's honing his craft and he might not get as many opportunities at a higher league club it's whether Middlesbrough I suppose are happy for him to stay with us and get regular football or do they want him to test himself at a higher level if that club are willing to give him the same amount of game time that we have yeah, looking good in forward areas, though, aren't we? If you look at the sort of threat we've got going forward and compare it to seasons gone by, you got O'Neill there, you got just don't forget Adam Campbell is on six or seven now, I think, for the season. Something like goal every other game, O'Neill scoring. Tomo's been out, but he's still hitting the net, and we know that he can do that as well. Jarrett Rivers, hundred percent every week. Um, Donna, we're coming off the bench. We got we've got quite decent strength um, in forward areas. Mm. Going back to Tyrone, it might be interesting to see where we are sort of come the end of December, whether we're whether we've climbed a few notches in the table. Um, you know, if we're sort of kicking around maybe the edge of the playoffs potentially. Um, whether Borough might see that sort of environment for him as being beneficial to his progress as a player. They might think, well, maybe he's better off staying in a side who's gonna be battling at the top end of the table rather than going a level higher and playing for maybe a team who's not doing quite as well. Because I think invariably if you move sort of during January, you're, you're going to be going to a club who's maybe looking for a goal scorer and maybe hasn't done as well as you know what they were hoping to do and they're looking for a player to sort of kickstart the season. They might see him being better at our our club where you know he's, he's shown a bit of consistency already, he's happy in the environment. So maybe I'm, I might be clutching at straws. The other reason I like Tyrone as well is when he scores. Uh, Borough do a, a roundup, a, lo- a loan roundup on their website, and they invariably show our goals on their our YouTube channel, which means we get a few extra views. So I'm quite happy for him to keep scoring and keep staying. I like it. I like. Well, what's in it for me? That's it. That's always the way you should start these things. I think it's it's a good advert for Darlington as a club to come to on loan as well, because I know um, in the build up to non-league day, which was this weekend, just gone, uh, the Premier League did some videos, didn't they, with players who'd uh, who'd started in or sort of applied their trade in non-league for a bit like Jamie Vardy was one of them I think and and Jordan Pickford and Dan Byrne were a couple of them and they both gave very very good mentions to uh, to their times at Darlington um, obviously Dan Byrne was with us to start with Jordan Pickford came in on loan and I think that's what we need to do is we need to show the, the higher clubs you know Middlesbrough will be 
very happy with the, the time and, and development that we've given O'Neill and and uh, and it bodes well for us the next time they've got a player they want to send out somewhere will hopefully be the first uh, the first club they ring very good 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 stuff so lots of positive things uh, here with the Quakers um, let's move on and take a look around the league see what else is going on we're joined as ever well, actually, for the first time this season, because he missed last time, because I forgot to ask him. But we're joined, as usual, should I say, by Simon Hard to take a look around the National League North. We're nearly a third of the way through the National North season already, and the league is starting to take shape at both ends of the table. At the top, for me, even at this early stage, it's a two-horse race between York and Chester. York under Steve Watson have started the season fantastically well, but Chester are just about keeping on the tails despite dropping points in recent weeks. Just below them, two surprise teams so far, Kingsland and Farsley have done fantastically well after gaining promotion last season. Neither would have expected them to be in and around the playoff places, and the fact that they're only a few points behind the top two, even at this stage, is a fantastic achievement for both of them. It may be too much to keep up with York and Chester, but there's no reason why both can't stay around and possibly challenge for playoff places when we get towards the end of the season. Some of the other teams I expect to come through still. Um, Brackley hanging around there, just picking up results as they do and as they have done over the last couple of seasons. They haven't necessarily got as many star names as a lot of the other teams you'd expect to be in the top seven coming the end of the season, but they just keep ticking over. I'll expect them to be in and around uh, the top seven. Gateshead, after a tricky first few games, started picking up results under Mike Williamson and proven very hard to beat, especially at the International Stadium. Likewise, Spennymoor have had a very similar start to ourselves. They would have been disappointed with how they'd got on in the first sort of seven or eight games, but they've started to pick up results. And with the quality in their squad, I would expect them to, to make a real a bid, even after the poor start they've had. Hereford and Boston are two others, despite the uh, result Boston had, so obviously at Blackwell at the weekend. Both sides hugely strengthened over the summer, and for this level, they've just got such quality in their squads, and I think both will be there or thereabouts coming the end of the season. At the other end, despite back-to-back victories, Blythe still remain remain bottom, and a lot of their uh, the positive displays that they've had in recent weeks have come down to Callum Roberts, and you wonder if they aren't able to keep a hold of him, whether they'll be whether they'll be able to keep the form going. With only two teams going down, it obviously gives everyone a lot better chance of uh, staying up this season. But it's worrying times already for Kettering. They picked up a couple of good results in the early weeks of the season, but since have plummeted down the table, and they just maybe lack a bit of quality that some of the other teams around them have, even even at the bottom of the table. Bradford Park Avenue had the worst start of a lot, but they have picked up a lot in recent weeks. And with Mark Bauer now back at the helm, I fully expect them to pull away, not not towards sort of the playoffs, but I expect them to be able to re-establish themselves in sort of in the middle of the table this season. The surprise team at the bottom of this early stage of Alstronham, they had a fantastic season last season in reaching the playoffs and have so much firepower up front, including uh Jordan Hume, I would, again, like Bradford now, I would expect them to pull away, but they need to start getting win- wins before fans would uh, possibly start to worry of a long season. The other two teams in the shake-up at the bottom, Curzon and Leamington. Leamington in particular, who started the first four or five weeks of the season very well, but have dropped, dropped off a lot 
and Curzon with the uh, recent defeat to Blythe will also be worrying. For us, the last few weeks have been fantastic. After sort of a very mixed bag at the start, you can see what Alan's trying to do. And hopefully, I'm still optimistic of a late playoff push. But priority at the moment has to be Saturday and hopefully getting through to the first round of the FA Cup. So thanks for that, Simon. A great look around the National League North and we can all start looking forward to getting back to league fixtures and continuing this good run uh, after we come back off FA Cup duty against Tamworth. So just a couple of things left for us to talk about on this podcast and one of them is to report some sad news which obviously came out of the football club uh, in the last couple of weeks and that is the departure of stalwart Johnny Byrne uh, who's left the club by mutual consent. Uh, gents, any uh, any thoughts, any memories? I will remember each of his 17 appearances fondly. I want to say no, but I've, I've probably got to elaborate a bit more on that, haven't I? Um, God, where do you start? Um, <laughs> it's not great, wasn't the way it ended, to be honest with you. Clearly didn't want to play football. Um, I don't know, what, what, what do you mean? If you don't want to play football, then you don't want to play football. Why? Why continue to be around the club? Um, yeah. I mean, it's actually quite sad in a way that he's a local lad playing for his hometown club, and it's come to this. That, that, that's the thing. I mean, when he, when he came in, he was, he was signed under Tommy Ryan, and I, I remember we did an interview with um, Alan White, and we were talking about the signings at the start of the start of pre-season, and Alan couldn't have bigged him up anymore. Like, rightly or wrongly, he bigged him up. And I, th- I thought at the time, to be honest with you, he- he's trying to big him up because he's a local lad and he wants him to be, you know, a big part of the squad. And it's, like you said, it's just never worked, has it really? I mean, th- there must be something about the lad as well, ability-wise, because he's had clubs like Bristol Rovers. Um, well, he was, I think he was captain at Middlesbrough's, in Middlesbrough's youth team. Yeah. And he was alongside some good... Uh, Adam Reach, I think, was a teammate at that yeah. time. Um, so... He, he clearly had talent because he was at Sunderland as well as before that and then, then Middlesbrough so clearly he has talent or had talent but something has gone wrong and as I say two sides to every story none of us really know what's going on no. really we, no one's he hasn't spoken publicly so we don't really know we, we only know Alan Armstrong's side of the story that's me playing you know trying to be balanced there and but what we, what we can say it's not really of any loss to the football club that Johnny Burns gone. It's a shame he hasn't taken the opportunity to uh, play for his to to be an asset to his hometown team, uh, and we'll see what happens to him next. Like like you said, to an extent, it is quite sad, isn't it? He's cl- he's clearly fallen out of love with the game. I I, I guess is is my impression of it when I look at the situation. I think he he looks like a person who's clearly he's not interested in the game anymore. Might be wrong, like you said, he might want to come on this podcast and give a give a reply who knows um but to me it just looks like a person who's not interested in football anymore and like you say if you're at your hometown club like it's a bit sad isn't it really didn't didn't end the way that we, we would have all hoped when he signed that's for sure i mean like you say we're taking the mickey a little bit there with the intro and i think he'd probably understand why we're doing that um but you wish him wish him well he's a local lad you know i hope he gets his mojo back and and goes somewhere and starts playing regular football again, to be honest. Didn't work out here. I mean, I was at Southport away last season, which we I think we remarkably kept a clean sheet in a nil-nil draw, but it was an abject performance that I couldn't believe I was even seeing. Um, and th- there wasn't that many good ones alongside it, unfortunately. 
So before we go, a couple of bits of sad news did come out of the club um, and were marked with a minute's silence at the game on Saturday as Starlington uh, lost a couple of uh, really loyal, long-standing fans, both Dennis Jones and Andrew Foles, who we just wanted to mention here on the podcast team um, and, and mark their passing and uh, and thank them for their support and say how much they'll be missed around the place. So uh, Dennis and Andrew and your family, that's um, genuine from us here at the, at the podcast. And then before we do go on, just to take a look forward to what's coming up, chaps. Mike, you've got the fixtures there. What, what we got coming up ahead of us? Well, we've got uh, Tamworth. It'll be the game that we're all looking forward to as you listen to this, assuming I get the edit done in time. And then uh, Geisley away. We've, uh, we've had quite a we've had a, a fair few away games recently, haven't we? Clocking up the uh, clocking up the old away miles and a nice local home tie in there. And we've got the FA Trophy coming up soon as well. That's sort of uh, that's about a month away as we're. We're sat here now. Um, next home games are Kidderminster on the 30th of October. That's the one we've had to rearrange because of still being in the FA Cup. And then we've got Lemington away on the 9th, which hopefully we'll have to rearrange as well. So, yeah, um, a fair few games coming up, but the form we're in, hopefully we can uh, go on five, six, seven. Let's just keep winning. Works for me. Works for me. Um, I guess uh, before we go, we should just invite you all as ever to say thanks for listening. Tremendous stamina to get this far through the podcast. Thanks for sticking with it to the end. Uh, and as ever, if you want to get in touch, we're always grateful to hear from you. You can do that in a number of ways. You can email us at dialofans at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us via Twitter, through the Twitter page or on Facebook. Um, and the thing that we really do like above all else is if you're able to take just a few minutes to write a, a review of uh, of the podcast and, and give it some star rating uh, so we can take a look back at them we very much appreciate it gents thanks again for another month uh, good luck to all of us uh, for hopefully having a successful Saturday and, uh, and thanks again and thanks everyone for joining us on the Dialogue Fans Radio Podcast Bye.